Thanks for joining us for another Creating Dementia Solutions. I'm Richard Pyatt. It's a Miles for Memories program. You're seeing it on Access Vision and maybe hearing it as a podcast. So thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about caregiving. Connie Skidmore is here to talk with us a bit about the idea of caring for someone with dementia. Connie, thank you for this. Thank you for having me. So your experience is one that folks certainly could relate to, some folks at least, the idea that you have um, had dementia affect your family. Yes, indeed. And uh, you have been a person who has helped someone with dementia in caring for them, haven't you? Yes. I think probably in this day and age, everybody has a family member, a loved one, a good friend, uh, knows of firsthand uh, someone with dementia. And probably we say to ourselves, oh my gosh, that must be so hard. I don't know how they do that. I'm so happy it's not me. I'm so happy it's not in my family kind of thing. And then when you get the news that it is now in your family, a little bit of panic kind of sets in. I think that uh, if, if that's happening to anybody who's hearing something like this, one of the things to really remember is that your loved one did not choose to have dementia. It's very difficult for them as well as it is for you. And there'll be times when you probably think after you've heard the same question 17 times or the same story that they're doing this on purpose. They're not. They didn't choose it. They don't like it any more than you do, probably even less, uh, and certainly don't understand it. Yeah, I can imagine that can be a, a terrifically difficult thing to try and manage for yourself as you're hearing those things again right. and again and the same questions. How do you, how do you manage that yourself in saying, okay, uh, this is not their fault, just what you talked about. They didn't choose You this. have to say that a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you have to remind yourself exactly. a lot. Right? Exactly. And it's, it's difficult as you go through that, even when you can convince yourself of that, there still are, are times when it, uh, another good thing to remember is that there's no such thing as a perfect caregiver. You're going to make mistakes and be frustrated, but uh, you just have to one day at a time. It. You probably put pressure on yourself about being a caregiver to begin with, but when it's Certainly. a loved one, you feel even more, I would think. Is that true? Yes, I, I do believe that's true because it's something that you can't walk away from. You can walk away from a friend's house whose grandmother is not well and say, wow, that's too bad. But when you're, when you're there and it's a 24-7 kind of thing. And every, uh, every dementia patient is different, so there's no set pattern of, mm-hmm. of things. Uh, uh, in the beginning, uh, it, it's good if you can set a daily pattern kind of thing, you know, like, uh, okay, we're going to, today's is shower day, remember that kind of thing. But there's no sense in getting ahead of yourself. You don't ever want to say to uh, your loved one, we've got a doctor's appointment next week, because next week is not a concept they understand. They understand you have a doctor's appointment, and they'll ask you 15 times uh, the very first day what time they have to be ready to go. So you have to kind of pick and choose. Some people find it easy to keep a, a, a schedule, like maybe on your uh, refrigerator. Doctor's appointment, if that's a few days off, don't put that on the schedule yet. Uh, just wait until it's imminent. But other things for daily things, you know, Tuesday and Thursday are shower days. It's important that we remember those things. Every day we, we need to plan some time to take a little exercise, to take a walk, to do something like that, because that's important too. Mm-hmm. But don't get too far ahead of yourself. What you're really talking about is learning how to 
change the way in which you communicate, change exactly. how you deliver information, isn't it? Yes, yes. And sometimes one of the things might be good for you to remember is that it's, it's okay, and in fact, it's even a good idea occasionally to tell a little white lie. Hmm. Um, you know, if your loved one says, I need to go visit my mother, but your loved one's mother is deceased, you don't just say, we're not going to go visit her, She's, she died, you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to say something like, let's call her later. We can't do it right now. We know that she'll be busy right now, but let's call her later and see maybe we can go later in the week. Divert the whole thing, get it out of the out of the way and off the table, and, and just don't don't bring it up again if you don't have to. Imagine there's a point in the progression of dementia where that becomes necessary, and as a caregiver, you have to identify where that point is. I presume yes. with help, of course, but the notion that talking about what's coming up in a week or two, there's a point at which that's no longer feasible, and you have to recognize when that is, right? Yeah, you recognize fairly early, I think, when the pattern of them repeating the same questions over and over and over again, or asking you the same time frames and kind of thing over and over and over again, that will pretty much tell you that it's best to just kind of back off from that. Let's save that for the last minute kind of thing. Another thing, too, that you want to you think about is not rushing to help them figure out something. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to maybe do that on their own. Don't finish every sentence for them. And that's a hard thing as a caregiver because after a while you're tired of hearing them struggle with it and you want to just get on with this kind of thing. Right. So it's, it's kind of difficult to let them go at their own pace until you realize they've gone as far as they can go at that pace, I guess, and then it's time to jump in. I imagine there's plenty of uh, communication with professionals, doctors and such to help you identify, A, when you've reached a precipice of uh, a turning point of some kind, and then secondly, uh, how to change your behavior to help them. Is that fair to say? Yes, I think so. One of the things that was most helpful to me, and I tell this to everybody who's beginning to struggle, is is if you can find a good support group. And I think nothing against our doctors in the time frame that they have in their office and that kind of thing. But when you're in a support group where people, other people are going through exactly the same things all the time, you'll learn a lot more from them. I can remember one time I knew that my husband needed new jeans. And I took him to the store to try and get him new jeans. And I pulled like three or four pair off from the rack and sent him to the fitting room. And he didn't come back and didn't come back and didn't come back. And finally, he came out and he had these jeans in his hands. And he said, what was I doing with these? Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this obviously isn't going to work. And I can't buy four pair and take them home and bring back what we don't need. And I mentioned this at my support group. And one woman was sitting there and she said, sweatpants. They always fit. Buy sweatpants. And that's what he lived in after this. Sweatpants and in the summer, pull on shorts kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd have never, ever come up with that on my own. Sure. It, and I learned a lot more, I think, in the support group. He had a very good doctor who was very helpful. In fact, she guided me to a support group. You actually are going in a direction that I was intending, which is to talk a little bit about the things that a caregiver has to do for themselves, right? I mean, um, certainly you're in a position to help someone who needs it, but you need some respite. You need some ways to help yourself too, don't you? You do. Like probably most everybody, my 
parents raised me to be uh, self-sufficient and do it on your own. Don't ask for help unless you absolutely have, have sure. to have it. Uh, now is the time when you absolutely have to have it. And you should not be afraid to ask for help. Talk with your relatives. Talk with your friends. But if someone says to you, what can I do to help? Tell them. <laughs> that <laughs> might be say, hard to do sometimes. And it is hard to do. And, you know, just say... Uh, you know, if you could just come over Wednesday afternoon and sit for an hour or two or take him for a walk, take him out for a cup of coffee, somebody offers to help, take him up on it. You also have to remember that you can't be a good caregiver if you're not taking care of yourself. So right. that's important, too, when it's time for you to go to a doctor or go to a dentist or go to the beauty parlor, for heaven's sake. Make the plans to do it and get someone to help you with it if need be. That might be difficult sometimes for folks. Pride is in the way. Oh, yeah. That pressure we talked about, uh, caring for a loved one. Mm-hmm. All Absolutely. of those things are at play here, right? Mm-hmm. And important. exercise is a very important thing. Yeah. And it's an important thing for your loved one as well. So if you can come up with things that they still would enjoy doing, taking a walk, even if it's just around the block, or sitting outside in the sunshine for a change and walking through the the garden, or maybe they even liked gardening, play in the dirt. Any any number of little things like that that you can come up with. A trip to the library even to look through books and pictures of museums. You've got to get out and you've got to move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that exercises the mind and the body for yes. both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dancing is a good thing. If you can... Uh, turn on the music and talk them into standing up and dancing with you for a little while. Mm -hmm. So was there ever a point where you felt the pressure and you needed to find a way to help yourself tone down that pressure some? And how did you do it? That's kind of a tough one for me because I think that fate intervened in my having to be the caregiver in that Bill ended up in the hospital for a little while. And then when they send him home from the hospital, it was with the idea that I couldn't possibly take care of him at home the way our home was set up without having the amount of time that it would need to make the arrangements. So he went into an assisted living facility. I had thought perhaps it would just be for a little while until I could arrange things at home. Then everybody made it very clear to me. It was difficult to take him there and tell him he had to stay there. Eventually, I would have to take him there again, and he would have to stay there. That was absolutely positively going to happen. And why put both of us through it twice? Right. So he ended up at a time when I felt I still be able to care for him on my own at home, uh, ended up in the facility. And in a way, perhaps it was even beneficial because he maybe still had a little bit of memory enough to know that this was the way that it, that it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. His mother had had uh, dementia, and he had taken care of her somewhat. And I think in his case, in the early stages at least, he felt he knew what this was and, and knew what was, what was happening. Now I'm second-guessing all of this because I didn't ever finish my doctoral training. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just the idea sometimes of the way that he would react to things and act about things that gave you the feeling that he had an inkling. Well, um, you actually have taken us to a point uh, where we will continue in our next episode of Creating Dementia Solutions, where we talk about the point at which you have been a caregiver and then you do have a change in housing arrangement, a change in caregiving arrangement, like you've described, where someone has gone to an assisted living, for example, and now 
you have to change your role, at least in your mind, what your role is, and we'll get to that in our next episode. So thanks for being with us. This is a Miles for Memories program where we're creating solutions for those impacted by dementia in Calhoun County through movement, programming, and research. Connie Skidmore, thank you. Thank you.